generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Habits can make you, but they can also break you. You become what you think about, but you also become what you do consistently. Those daily habits, some conscious, some unconscious, will determine if your life is successful or unsuccessful, and if your life is enjoyable or miserable. Let's go through some daily habits of the highly successful, the winners, champions, those who consistently perform at the highest level, those who live life to the fullest. They set goals. There's a saying, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. This is true in business and in life. If you don't have clear targets to shoot toward, you will miss every time. Set goals and then make plans on how you intend to achieve them. When they don't feel like it, they do it anyway. They work when no one is watching. Make it a habit to work your ass off. Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast Money Mail series. Welcome to 2023, I hope you've had a safe and enjoyable new year. We're right into the swing of things by now. The first Money Mail for the new year was the 6th of January, so the 7th is is the time of recording this. And I think already people will have given up on some of their New Year's resolutions or whatever the term is that people want to use. I saw quite a few posts this year about people choosing not to have resolutions and that sort of thing. I think these things go in cycles and fads and go in and out of fashion. I think it's now cool to sort of rebel against all of the things that other people will talk about in terms of being successful or building a better life for yourself. So say it's around gratitude or maybe doing uh, cold showers or whatever becomes popular or 75 hard or trying the keto diet, all those different types of things, then people love to go the other way as humans do and say, you know, I don't do any of that stuff and I still achieve X, Y, Z. And that's just the cool thing about life is that we all get to find our way that we want to attack it and what we want to have a crack at and how we want to go about doing that. And we're all completely different and a number of different things can work. Now that is either exciting for people or it is used as an excuse not to do things or not to try things or not to have any habits, not to have any resolutions, not to do a diet, uh, not to even start to start with. Or, you know, people will use it and they will actually then build out their own craft. But as you heard in the start of that intro, people need a an aim and a goal to work towards and we've spoken about it time and time again where you don't just jump into your car 
and expect it to get to your destination. You've got to actually do the work to ensure that it gets there and give it somewhere to aim towards. And of course as well, if you're using a map, chuck in the destination into the map and then it's going to tell you where you're going to go. Now earlier in the week I put some potential financial targets that people could put uh, in place for 2023 and it could be as simple as clearing all your consumer debt, it could be ensuring your KiwiSaver is fit for your risk or your age and actually reviewing and understanding where that's invested and I saw someone interviewed actually part of Stuff, they're doing a money series and the person didn't even know, they actually said, oh, I feel quite bad answering this question. I don't know what my KiwiSaver balance is or who it's with or what the return is. And they said that'll be a great surprise for me at retirement. And I thought, well, fuck you, you could get a pretty good surprise at retirement when you log in and realise you haven't got anywhere near as much as what you thought you had because you've been sitting in a cash account for 30, 40 years rather than actually having invested in the market. But hey, that's their surprise, not mine. So you should know those types of things. We've talked about those before. You might want to have an emergency fund. Um, that's a, it's an easy one to put in place if you don't have something like that already. You might want to build up three months of your outgoings as separate savings. Now, someone said to me, what's the difference? Well, you know, emergency fund could just be two or three grand that you've got sitting there so that you know should something happen to one of your pets or your teeth or uh, you need to get an x-ray or something happens to your car, you know that you can basically just solve that problem very quickly and you're not going to have to go into debt. You're not going to have to crank it onto the old credit card and do those things that you've done in the past and you're trying to become somebody different that doesn't do those things anymore so you want to build up that emergency fund having uh, your outgoings built up you know three months of them that's a pretty big thing to do and that might be too much for some but it just gives you that comfort should something happen like you lose your job or you get sick or you want to take some time off etc or you want to take an extended amount of leave but you know that that in this day and age that's not done by many people because most people will lose their job and they will fight to keep everything that they have i.e. their house their car the things that are going out and they will basically do whatever they can to get another job or make ends meet but you know you might want to determine your own level of risk profile and and what you'd be willing to do should that happen to you and then build up some cash so that if you get into that situation you can look after yourself as well and these things are just designed to ensure that they decrease the stress that you have in your mind and decrease what I like to call your mental rent so thinking about those things worrying about them when you have an emergency fund or savings built up you you don't you don't have to worry as much about things going wrong because you know that you can solve them should they now you also might want to work out what the maximum you've saved is before now times that by 10 and start to save that that is a concept we've spoken about before it is basically taking your sort of inner thermostat of savings and trying to completely reset that and become a different person. Now, that is a hard thing to do, and that is the point of that. You want it to be hard so that you can learn, okay, how the hell am I going to do that? You might then want to look into saving 40% of your income going forward. I had somebody privately message me on LinkedIn this week and say, you've got to be joking, mate, like surely no one can do that. And there's a podcast about that, uh, it's something that I practice doing. A lot of people will probably be surprised at what they can actually save, especially if you're paying down a mortgage, because a large chunk of your income after tax is probably going towards paying down debt, which in my eyes, I think is the same as saving. Uh, but you want to tally up what is the total percentage you save by the time you pay down a mortgage, if that's your thing, and you contribute to your KiwiSaver, your shares, all the different things. Um, you know What percentage of your income can you actually save and can you target the 40%? And of course, the point of doing that is to help you understand that you're then going to have to add more income 
And that's when you get into the next stage is planning new ways to increase your income. We're going to have some content coming up about this again. We're going to look at some old lessons for those people who are new around here and those will be in the coming weeks. You might also this year want to learn what extra repayments do to the life of your long-term debt because you know, I see people say, oh, is there any point in having a side hustle? It feels like a lot of work for not much benefit. Um, I don't really know if I want an extra five grand a year. It doesn't really seem worthwhile for all the hassle. And that's where it might be smart for you to go, okay, why don't you go and jump on a mortgage calculator and see what that does compounded over time in terms of decreasing the life of your mortgage. So thinking longer term than just in the here and now. And that's what a lot of this content is designed to get you thinking about longer term rather than short term different ways to get in control of your income so you become more of the victor rather than the victim, saving a large portion of your income to then decide, okay, what actually, how do you do that? And then once you start doing that, what do you do with that cash? Now what do you need to learn? Um, resetting your savings thermostat to build up levels of cash you never thought possible before, having levels of outgoings stacked aside so that if things do go wrong, you know you're sweet, you become financially stronger and feel more um, solid if things do happen. You've got an emergency fund for those short-term things that pop up. You know your KiwiSaver sword and you want to keep cranking into it and you don't rely on consumer and credit and customer debt which are all designed to get you spending and end up further in debt. So you're really becoming a completely different person by doing those things. Now those are all things that I've done and they've taken me a number of years to do those things uh, but through that process I've become a completely different person financially and this is a good example of changing small habits that can then help you become somebody else and this is what we're going to be looking at this week as we get into week number 139 of mail money uh, money mail so when I wrote this it was actually New Year's morning I got up and I started writing I'd been sick I told you about that on the last pod and I you know, I was in bed pretty early the day before. I missed the countdown. I missed the fireworks, and I thought I might go and see because there was a bit of a bit of chat up here in Auckland about how the fireworks are going to be pretty big and all that sort of stuff. And I saw that through my sleep ring that I'd woken up at midnight, and I thought, well, it must have been fireworks going off or the countdown or something happening at midnight that woke me up. So I jumped on social media to check out what those fireworks look like, and I couldn't help myself as they started going off. Uh, to jump into the comments, which were, as you'd expect, overly critical of how shit they were. People can't help but complain these days, right? And I know that someone said to me, well, this is interesting because you're complaining about complainers. Well, I'm not complaining, I'm observing, and that's what I was looking at. And I find it funny these days because I can look at these things and think, like, yeah, I probably would used to be a bit like this, and I can see why these people were saying these things. But I always, always think the other side as well, you know, if... People were asked in Auckland, hey, do you want to chip into a fireworks display for New Year's? You can just about guarantee 95% of people will be like, get fucked, I'm not, why should I put money into that? That's, you know, who cares? I'm not doing that. But we'll happily jump on a free social media platform and comment on a free article about some fireworks that we haven't really had to contribute to, or have we, uh, and complain about them. So, you know, humans, we're outstanding creatures, aren't we? So I've got no idea who paid for them, whether it was Sky City or Auckland Council. I'd say it's probably the blend of both. And apparently they were planning them for six months. But I bet if you asked everyday Aucklanders to kick in some money to pay for them, they'd not be keen to chip in. But we'll sit back and complain about how they could have been better. And I actually had someone email me and say, mate, I was I was this person. And I get it and I've done it too. And I think what this comes from is our ability to compare our lives these days so easily. Because I saw in the comments people saying, well, you know, I saw the Sydney's ones, they were amazing. We shouldn't even be doing this unless we're going to do it to the level that Sydney do it. 
And we've got the benefit of watching such exciting stuff from anywhere in the world these days via the internet, but at the same time I've lost perspective of how little we are here in New Zealand. So for some context, the population of Sydney alone, so the one city in Australia, is bigger than the entire population of New Zealand. So why do you think they've got a bigger fireworks display than us? Exactly. Now comparison and complaining have become so easy for us to get caught doing. Would your friends say that you are a complainer? So it's a question for you. You know, would they say that you are a complainer? Have you always been one? Is social media teaching you this habit? Remember that comparison is the thief of joy. We should learn and should know that we try and decrease our comparison and our life will become better. But it's so hard not to because we're basically being sort of coached into it or taught to do it when we jump on social media and we can so easily within 30 seconds look at someone's life, uh, someone's fireworks that are going to be way better than ours. Uh, Do we make a habit of complaining? Do you know someone that is constantly complaining? I'm sure you've had these people in your life and you've thought far out they are draining and complaining can become a habit just like anything else we want to make a habit and habits are so important because we become our habits and we'll touch on this further soon. Now, how draining is it listening to consistent complainers? They've turned something super negative into a habit. It can't be good for them. The other thing I spotted this time of the year too is that a millionaire and a billionaire, I think it was, I think it was a millionaire to, to start with, was is hoping to have a, their own fireworks display and there was an article about it and people didn't want it to happen that lived close to that millionaire. And I thought, why do they need to say that they're a millionaire? Or why do they need to say that they're a billionaire? Why do they give them that title? And those are media articles. And of course, it's just designed to create an emotional response, right? Like say a non-millionaire wanted to have a fireworks display. Would they say, oh, a non-millionaire is planning on having their own fireworks display and their community is up in arms about it? It's weird that we put these titles on people around wealth so that we know that when you're writing that story that you're going to trigger an emotional response from people so then you trigger all the comments about oh fucking rich people you know they think they can do whatever they want or oh what a waste of money they should be donating that money to a charity instead and all the people that don't actually live into their own sorts of comments of trying to be a better person uh, by contributing to charity and things like that they'll just expect that of these people but very strange you know in a world where these days we're saying hey please don't put labels on people don't call them a he a her a she they them like all those types of things But happily, in the media, we will pull out a millionaire or a billionaire and say they want to do X, Y, Z, and here's a story about it. So will we see those times decrease where you can't call people by a title of their level of wealth or net worth that they've built up? Uh, I highly doubt it because I would say that is a great way to get clicks on stories because most people would never become a millionaire or a billionaire so then naturally our um, thing of envy that we have as humans would like to then look at those articles and be like oh you're a piece of shit you know look at them just wasting money on fireworks and uh, they're going to be scaring all the animals and all those types of things and I bet they don't even care they're all about themselves and blah 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 as we do around people that have more than us And then we look back and go, shit, did that actually help my life in any way, shape or form by commenting on that story or having a huge natter about it? No, probably not. So at this time of year, many of us will be thinking about our own habits and how they've popped up into our lives. Perhaps we could all try to practice gratitude and gratefulness instead of complaining and our view on the world can be completely different. Gratitude can become a habit too. Now imagine instead of complaining about old mate millionaire billionaire wanting to do a fireworks display, if you had children, like let's not 
let's not say that it's right or wrong to do a fireworks display because I'm sure they'll get cancelled at some stage. I'm surprised that they're still allowed these days to be fair, uh, to be fair with the way that the world's going. But if you were uh, a complainer versus someone with gratitude, you would be looking at that as someone with gratitude and gratefulness saying to your children, wow, you know, one of our neighbours is actually going to be hosting a fireworks display. We'll go and park up somewhere where we can watch it, right? That should be pretty cool. And you could have a lot of fun with that and have some great family time and it would be free of charge because millionaire, billionaire boy or girl has paid for it for you. But a complainer, you'd want to cancel it. You don't want it to be happening. And I think, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong to sit on, well, yeah, I'd say gratitude is probably a better side of the fence to sit on with these things. But I'd imagine that people's habits are then what lead them to decide which side of the fence that they sit on and they probably don't know how that's come to happen as well but the best book that I've read on habits is James Clear's Atomic Habits it's internationally renowned and I've seen him be interviewed many many times and I feel like when I've read this and researched it and gone back to it second third times looked at interviews listened to podcasts tried to understand different things he's speaking about that he's dedicated his entire life to understanding habits now if you're Attention span is short. You might want to watch this condensed summary on YouTube that has over 11 million views. What I did is in the money mail, I included a link to this. Now, if you don't get the money mail, but you do want to search for this, you can search for the title, and it is How to Become 37.78 Times Better at Anything. Now, if you search for that, you should find this video because there won't be too many other videos that are called that. So again, that's how to become 37.78 times better at anything, uh, Atomic Habits Summary. And that is, I think that video goes for, bloody ads over here, 28 minutes. And it's the sort of thing that you'll want to save and you'll want to watch it over and over again because there is so much in there. And I think you will learn more each time that you watch it. So check that out. Otherwise, get James Clear's Atomic Habits book. Buy that book. Learn it get the hardback or paper copy, whatever it's called, and take some notes and keep it handy. It's it's one of those, it's like a textbook rather than something that you read once, I would say. Now, one of the key things in this book that really stands out is the saying, you are your habits. This means that you become and show up as a result of the habits that you choose. Do you make good money but never save any? What habit determines this? What habit could be missing? Now, the habit that determines this could be that you're bored, you go online shopping, you spend, you never save. So that this is an example of someone that makes good money but never saves anything, okay? So I'm not talking about someone who spends everything that they earn because they that, that's just their situation via the cost of living and those types of things. So this is someone that you know, really does make good coin. I was in this position at one stage where I would always have an excess, but usually it would end up getting blown. So I'd get bored, uh, I'd go online shopping, or I might go to the pub, and then you spend it, and then you never save. Now, I used to take responsibility, so I would know, okay, that's purely my fault, so I wouldn't blame other people, but the outcome for a lot of people could be that you tell people you can't afford to save and you can't get ahead, it's hard to get ahead in this country, your employer doesn't pay you enough, the world's against you, and, and excuse me, all those types of things. So you might want to think about what the cue is for you to then trigger a habit that you don't even know that you're doing. And the key thing here is these three words, you are bored. Now, often when we are bored, I think there was a saying I was listening to over the weekend, it is, or during the week, sorry, and it is um, basically procrastination, it's not procrastination, it's, I, I say that when you are bored, you're destructive, because that's what I've noticed about my own habits, when I don't have things to do, I'll, I, I used to shape them towards destructive behaviour, and I've noticed that with a lot of other people as well, so you're bored, you then go online shopping, you spend, you never have any money to save, and you end up pissed off that, you know, you can't get ahead as such, or save anything, but there's a saying 
and I can't remember what it is, but it's something is the devil's playground. So what it means is that when you don't have things to do, that's when you will jump into all of the activities that are pretty bad for you. And that's why people say like, oh, I like to keep myself busy and things like that because they know that when they're not, it's very likely that they'll do things that they may end up regretting or that they wouldn't ordinarily do if they had have had um, you know, less time on their hands. So be mindful if you are bored what that leads you to do. Now, the habit that could be missing could be that on payday, you have an automatic payment set up to move money straight into a 30-day term deposit. Now, you can't recklessly spend now. So now, we know, okay, I'm bored, I go online shopping, I spend, I never save, and that makes me think the world's against me, and I can't get ahead, and I say all those types of things. So what we do is we have a calendar reminder, okay, it's payday today, we've already set up an automatic payment that as soon as that money goes in, it's going to suck it out and it's going to put it into another account and then that's going to get locked up into a 30-day term deposit. That means you can't touch that money for another 30 days. Now, you can't recklessly spend that money and you're living off the remainder of that cash. Of course, this is where it gets tricky because it could be boring to live like that, and that's where I think a lot of people get caught as well. We spoke about this on a recent pod where you might save up to 10 grand, which would just about be three times the amount that the average person has in savings, and you just think, well, I still can't really do anything with this 10 grand. I can't buy a house. I can't um, just retire. This seems boring. And we think, well, we might as well just spend the cash that we've got because, you know, what's the point otherwise? But of course, these things take a lot of time and that's where building habits can then create bigger outcomes further down the track. So what our cue now is that we have a payday, which all of us have, and we've set up a better habit and that is an automatic payment to save money and then we know we can't trust ourselves to start with, so we put it into a turn deposit so we can't touch it. For me, what I would do is I'd give it to my sister, and I would say, don't give me this cash back, and that forced me to then live off of less cash, but I started to build the habit of becoming a saver. So the outcome of that is you are a saver. You have an emergency fund. You feel less stressed about financial challenges that pop up. Now, this seems so simple, right? And it is, but it just takes a huge level of awareness to start getting your shit sorted. And these things, putting in habits like this can take some time and they can be really, really hard to do because we're trying to undo habits that we've had that we don't even know that are there, i.e. on board, I'm going to go online shopping and I'm going to spend. And it might not even be financial, it could be that when you're bored um, or you find a piece of work you have to do and it's really hard and instead of doing that work your habit kicks in of oh I'll just jump on and read the news for a bit or I might see what my mates are up to or I might jump on social media so it's not always just about finances but obviously this is about finances in that money mail so that's what I've used as an example there. So for most of us we can't even see our habits or know why we've built them. The book above goes deep into all of this and you again might want to check that out so it's James Clear's Atomic Habits. Now, there's a similar saying as well that you are your thoughts, and we heard that at the song at the start that I didn't even know would have in here, but it's got that saying in there. So that's why you need to be careful what you think. Perhaps this year, think about who you want to become. Now, that is a concept that a lot of people would never get taught, is who do you want to become? That's why people will create a vision board and things like that, so that they can start to see, right, those are the things that I want, but it's more about, okay, that's the person that I want to become in order to achieve those things. So then, if you want to think about who you become, or who you want to become, then you need to build your habits around that and work backwards. So what would the habits of someone who has an emergency fund need to be? What would the habits of someone who has $10,000 saved need to be? What would the habits of someone who has no consumer debt need to be? What about the habits of someone who is mentally healthy? 
What would they need to be? What would the habits of someone who doesn't want to be negative and complain need to be? So you can literally pick who do you want to become and then you've got to then figure out, okay, what are the habits that that person would have so that you can start to add them in and then what ones would you need to get rid of as well? Now, at the end of this year, you might want to think about who is who, who you become. So who do you become by the end of 2023? It could be a brilliant parent, brother, sister, could be a millionaire, could be a homeowner, a poet, a producer, happy, a better employee, more productive. You get to choose who you want to become by the end of this year. Now, what habits do you need to remove or introduce to achieve this next version of yourself? This is such a very powerful concept because although it is the start of the year and it is January and this is when people do all this shit, you can do this at any time. And you might wake up one Tuesday or Monday, Wednesday, whatever, and decide, you know what, I want to be someone that is very flexible. And that is what I'm going to target myself towards for the next 12 months. And then you start to build the habits in behind that. Okay, what would I have to do in order to be able to do that? Well, first thing, you probably need to start stretching. Well, I don't know anything about stretching. I might jump on YouTube and I might have a look at what I need to do to start stretching. And so then you start to get some exercises and then you find a routine that you can do in 15 minutes. And it says that for 15 minutes a day, you could become uh, able to do the splits and as flexible as any gymnast at the Olympics or something. I'm just making this up, obviously. And then you might go, okay, well, a habit could be, I'm not going to remember to do that. I might set a calendar reminder that... Uh, I'm going to do this each day and then you find after a month, oh I didn't really do that, I only did it a few times and you think what other habit could I do, I know what I'll do, I'll set an alarm 10 minutes before I normally get up and I'll get up and I'll do this for that first 10 minutes and that's how you're going to start your day. So you're starting to reverse the way that you would create the version of yourself that you want to become and this is why this concept is so powerful. Now I decided to be a number of things a long time ago and I had to change a lot of the ways I was living my life in order to ensure I head in the direction that was going to get me closer to becoming those things that I wanted to become. Now why does this seem so simple? Because it is. This is literally all there is to it. But why is it so hard? Because it is as well. And that's why you need to read this book to try and get more information on this and really understand why this stuff happens. But there's a big concept in here called the Valley of Disappointment. And that's when the real magic starts, is when you get to the other side of that. Now the Valley of Disappointment is that valley where you are doing all the right things and you're not really seeing much return and you're thinking like this kind of sucks there's no real point in doing this and the video that I have in this uh, email really sums this up really well but of course the book does too but you know you might save ten thousand dollars as the example we talked about before and get to that and sort of think well again like what can I do you know where does this go to next but then you might keep up this habit and do this for a year or two years and realize, wow, I've got $40,000 saved. How has this happened? But it is because the habits that you've chosen to put in place. And that's why it seems so simple, but it also seems so hard because this valley of disappointment is there for us to get over and just go, well, there's no real point in this and we don't feel like we're gaining too much from doing it. And that's usually when all of the breakthroughs or things are really about to change for you and your life could be really, really different. So learn this concept and get into this book or watch that video as well and just take some notes and keep it front of mind because you're probably going to fall off the bandwagon with some of the things that you want to do this year but you can always come back and start don't wait till the 1st of January 2024 to get back into this shit and don't overthink massive New Year's resolutions and all these different types of things just have a look at two or three habits that you could change to get you closer to the person that you want to become there we go 
a little bit on habits there. I know people will be covering this left, right and centre. I wanted to sort of weigh in with some of the ways that I've looked at it and things that I've learned in the past and that have been really helpful for me on the plane back from Queenstown to come back to Auckland after my break. I started the year with this video again. Um, no, it's New Year's Eve, but you know that's that's where my brain was going to, and I was learning about this stuff again too. So I'll be adding in new habits. I'll be taking out uh, old ones as well. But I'm constantly kind of looking at the things that I do, figuring out okay, how did I do that, or why am I doing that? What have I put in place to allow that to happen? You are one of over six thousand seven hundred recipients. Do you know someone you could share this with? Did you know research suggests that forty five percent of the activities we do each day are performed the same way, repeated on autopilot. On average, it takes around sixty six days to change a habit. That's a really powerful step. 45% of the activities we do each day are performed the same way, repeated on autopilot. What that means is that each day we'll get up and without thinking we'll usually do 45% of our day the exact same way without actually having to use any brain capacity. And the reason we do that is because our brains are trying to consume energy so that we can use that for hard tasks later on. So we probably drive the same way to work or go the same way to work. We probably get out on the same side of bed, probably put the same foot into our pants or shorts or underwear uh, every single day without even noticing. And we don't even realize that we're doing these things, but literally we've just built in habits that have just become habit loops and consistent routines and we're completely unaware of, uh, unaware of them but they're designed there to save us a heap of energy and ensure that we can then use that energy for things that are going to be harder for us later on in our day. So keep an eye out for your habits over this next little while and see if you can spot why you're doing some of the things that you're doing and even those that you are close to and live with, maybe don't just keep pointing it out to them because they may get frustrated, but try and observe some of these habits and how you could change some of them to improve who you become in 2023. Story, when you make it. Far too many people want to be seen as hard workers, but not actually do the work. You want to let your actions do the talking for you. You can't fake results. They prioritize. Most of us humans tend to have far too much on our plate. And believe me, you'll never get it all done. You have to learn to prioritize your most important task and completely drop the insignificant one. Make sure you always do the highest reward tasks first. Pay someone to do the lawn and clean the house. You are chasing bigger things. Focus, lock in, and over time, the seeds you plant will grow into greatness. I've never met a successful human that wasn't obsessed with growing, developing, and learning more. All successful people have this in common. They always want to learn more and be better every single day. Replace some of your TV watching with self-development material from the world's greatest teachers, from those who have achieved results, from the real success coaches who walk the walk and talk the talk. Create new daily habits, and I guarantee you, your life will change. Results will start improving very fast, but more than that, you will feel better instantly. You will have juice for life, an excited drive to achieve great things. And that is really what it's all about, isn't it? Reaching